We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Pod Mavericks After Dark, though I suppose it's like 1.40 in the afternoon. I'm Kirk Henderson, editor over at Mavs Moneyball, and today I'm joined by special guest, friend of the show, frequent podcast appearance, Ben Collins. Hi, Ben. How are you? Kirk, how's it going? I'm I'm great, even though we really did watch the most like JV-level basketball I mean, game. Like, well, your life is, is primarily about dealing with horrible things, so why not an awful sports thing? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So are you, you doing all right today? Did you did you like the preseason basketball when we have all this college football we could have been watching? Yeah, I know. I don't know what I'm thinking in that regard. I look, I am so desperate for hoops that like I'll watch anything. So I it's really, dude, it's it's getting rough. I am I'm not I'm not joking. I'm going to a WNBA finals game in a couple of weeks just to like talk hoops and hang out with people who like right, the no, game. So so yeah, and I it's mean, interesting too. Those games are intense. The finals games are fantastic. Dog fights. So that, that'll yeah. be that's pretty cool. Like just casually dropping and going to a finals game. That's nice. Um, for for those of you who are who are here in the live room, you you know that the Dallas Mavericks just lost to Minnesota Timberwolves again uh, in the Abu Dhabi games, one hundred four to ninety four. Kyrie Irving did not play because of a, a groin issue, which might have. In hindsight, kind of might have explained his like odd passivity in game one. Granted, he was one of six in game one. He didn't do anything bad. Shots just didn't fall. And so there really wasn't, you know, a need to go ahead and push him for game two. Um, the Mavericks looked a lot better in the first quarter, first half. But in, uh, while, while they've been in Abu Dhabi, they simply cannot shoot the ball. Um, and you're just not scoring 99 and 94 points. It's just not going to cut it. Even if, you know, you're playing a bunch of bench guys, like these are all talented basketball players. And so while the defense picked up, I thought it spots, um, I'm really like, like kind of obscenely excited about Derek Lively, which is odd to me because I would have figured it'd be Omax. 
And, you know, we're, we're here watching a, a set of losses, but I do feel um, very concerned in some respects and also very bullish in others. Uh, what, what would you like to talk about first? Yeah, yeah. First, I think the energy was so much better at the start of this game. Um, they looked so flat-footed at the end of the first quarter of the first game. Um, and I was like, wait, what's going on with this team? Like everything looked really stagnant and weird offensively and defensively. They couldn't switch. They couldn't really get out on anything this time. Like people were really pushing the ball, trying to force turnovers, trying to do stuff. Um, and I think a lot of it, like you, like you keep saying, I think a lot of it's attributed to lively and his energy and his, his ability to go off, go after offensive rebounds and really fight, uh, down in the paint. So I think like the most important thing that I saw was improvement in, uh, giving a shit, which is mm-hmm. important. Um, and then, you know, I think also Kirk, I'm going to bang away at this. I've been in your DMS banging away at this, but I think that the more hardy, the better. I understand he's 21. He's going to make mistakes. You you want to play a guy that shot 21 times or 20. (laughs) Explain this. Walk me through this. Well, he just gets, (laughs) it's not right. It's not. Look, he, I don't know how many, I'm going to look at his thing. How many threes he shot, which was a good amount. He shot 10 threes. He missed backboard and rim. Three he times badly. today. He, he would. This was not his finest performance. If you had, if you had asked me, by the way, what he shot from three, I would have said probably two for eleven. But he was four for ten. It's forty percent. That's amazing. It's really good. And when he missed, he really missed. And sometimes there were relatively open threes where he literally missed rim. Not great stuff. That said, um, you can tell his he's focused on putting his head down, game to the rack. Yes. And th- this team is really focused on. Uh, hitting open threes and all that stuff. That's really nice. But we we haven't had a guy that can really attack closeouts at all outside of Luca, uh, Kyrie, and sometimes Dodo from the corner. He would do that back in the day. Um, I just think I think there's something there, and I I don't based on what I've seen so far, it might actually be kind of tough. Um, offense might be hard for them to come by this year in some instances, it, especially when they have two bigs like this. On the other side, they have to handle, uh, they have to get to the rack and they can't, and they have to get these people in foul trouble. Yeah. People like Jaden Hardy are going to have to play a lot in those situations because otherwise we're just going to be launching threes over, you know, Nas Reed and Cat while they go out there and play 35 minutes a game. Yeah. And so I was having a talk about this with someone because, you know, Isak Franco wrote kind of the, what I feel is like the definitive piece and like the last third of the season last year, when he pointed out how small the Mavericks were yeah, and they got bigger, but there are lineups that are pretty effective for them that are still very, very small. You're not playing the wolves 82 times. The wolves yeah. are a big ball personified team. Right. You know, I'm, I'm kind of shocked at how good they looked uh, with, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, and our, our big guy, Rudy Gobert, because it just didn't work last season. Now, that might be kind of a product of the Mavericks where it's it's um, it's one of these things where the Mavericks are so bad on defense at times, they make anybody look good. But that that kind of aside, I, I, I understand what you said, because like Hardy has a willingness to go off the dribble, kind of like the thing I talk about willingness with Tim Hardaway to shoot the ball. Hardy yes. got to the line eight times last game. He didn't get to the line this game. Uh, I, I think he probably should have, but some calls didn't go his way. That's going to happen. Um, but it, it's he's got to find like when they use him, it's it's like a dumbed down version of like the Bertans rule that I wish they would have put into effect. Where if like Hardy starts the game one of five, you just don't play him anymore. <laughs> but yeah. if 
if he starts the ball and like he, he hits his first two shots, like let the man cook, let him do stuff. And tonight was kind of a tough one for me because I, I saw him make some really weird plays. Like he just fell down at one point coming off of a catch at the top of the key. I'm like, what, what is that? And then there's also like the, the missed threes, but then there's like the willingness to attack. And I can't, I can't fault that in a, in a preseason game. Like I don't want to overreact to it negatively, if that makes any sense. No, I, I completely agree with that. And I, I think that his pass, he draws in a lot of gravity, right? But his passing out of it isn't all the way there yet. And again, he's 20. Well, he can't see, he can't pass to save his life. He had six turnovers today. Yeah, that, that's, that's, <laughs> that, that will, look, that will come because it's going to have to, frankly. Like there's no other way he'll stay in the league otherwise. Yeah. Um, but that's part of it. And also, I, I think like what you said about how the Wolves looked good. Part of this is like Luca handles preseason games like they're preseason games. He's so talented that he'll still put up, you know, 20, 30 points like he did last game, but he's not going to like kill him. He had a couple of like turnovers that he wouldn't do in the regular season. I mean, maybe he would. Yeah. I don't know. He was sticking around a little bit. And Mm -hmm. Cat was not. Cat has, Cat showed up to like prove a point. (laughs) He's been, he really, he's been, he looked really good and he's trying very hard and he's also doing stuff. That was actually, you know what? I kind of want to talk about this about our big rotation in general. Um, I think there are going to be points where Grant Williams is going to effectively, even if he's on the floor with Derek Lively, is going to be a better option for bodying up bigs, like actual true bigs, than Lively is. Lively, as you keep saying, is like super rail thin. Um, he's he's getting bullied a lot. Gobert just dunked over him like it was a video game earlier. Yeah. Um, there are going to be times where Grant Williams is probably a better option because of his you know low base and sure. he's. You know, he's just a thick dude and he has pretty long arms. It's, you know, he's in good shape for that. So I think like that's part of it too. I think we're, there's going to be times where Grant Williams is effectively playing the five on defense. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah. The the things that I found kind of odd today was I made the joke before the game of, of you know, it, true or false is my normal, is my podcast host, meaning Josh Bow taller than the majority of the Dallas Mavericks lineup. And the answer to that question is yes, because Josh is six, seven. Holy Hardy shit. and Green are 6'4", if you're being generous to Hardy. Um, and Grant Williams is listed at 6'6", and he is not. Um, right. That said, I thought that the ener- like the way they started the game with some energy and playing, but like you can make up for size if you play hard and positionally rebound and chase down stuff. Like it, They just got run off the floor in the first quarter of the last game and never really got it back together. Now, I don't know what to make about the end of the first quarter into the second quarter when all the kind of starting rotation guys were still playing and shots just aren't falling. Like there right. was a lot like the, the Mavericks shot so poorly through these two games. It feels like an overreaction to you know, just to the location where they get back on their home floor. They're playing a little more regularly. The shots do start to fall at some point because a lot of these looks that the guys were getting ended up being pretty decent. I mean, Grant Williams, I think, is is now 4 of 14 as a, as a preseason Maverick, I think, and he has shot all 14 threes. It, so it's like, you know, you hit one or two more. Guy, a guy hits one or two in a game more, and you feel, do you feel any differently about this? I mean, the, the, the Omax shooting was just riotously bad. That stood out like a sore thumb. Um, but you know, you make one or two more threes in this game. Does the game feel different, even if you still lose? I think that's that's probably the case, at least for me. Yeah, and I also think that you know, a lot of these shots that Grant Williams was taking, or even Omax, they were early in the shot clock, basically transition threes. Sometimes that I saw, and some mm-hmm. of these things just I don't think they would happen in a regular season game. And it does feel like our early offense or, or our 
Um, some of these, I just don't think some sets have been installed yet. I feel like they have been focused on kumbayaing in the desert together, and that's probably the right thing to do. Yeah. But I don't. I'm not sure that a lot of the new guys really um, have seen a fully installed offense yet. And that happens when you get back to Dallas and you start actually dealing with it. Well, and I, I, this was actually my final point on the recap. And you know, I, I am, I'm always like, neg- like sort of. I always have to really think about how I talk about Kyrie Irving, just due to how I talk about Kyrie Irving. Right. Um, but also, he, he, you know, he provokes opinions, but he also matters a lot to the team. And so how do you judge an offense that doesn't have your second star that is really right. supposed to be, you know, there's a guy in the chat, there was a kind of, you know, your typical stupid internet conversation today started by a Raptors guy being like, Luca really needs a nerd. He needs to play off ball more. Blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, can we fucking relax with the four-time All-NBA first-team guy? Can we relax with that shit? That said... Okay, that's what Kyrie is there for. So if he's if Kyrie's not playing, what the fuck are you analyzing? Yeah, it, it's yeah, it's it's. I know it's a guy named Anthony Doyle. He he can he, his his takes suck. Um, the well the as you as you know the national takes on Luca are always exactly like one point five years behind where they you know the conversations that we had because like when we yeah. when he was probably a sophomore we're like why is he playing off ball more and there were actual pretty clear answers for i that. absolutely <laughs> want to see luca play off ball more yeah. i want to see him move off ball more all these things are fine but it's like is the preseason game where Kyrie's not playing the time to have that discussion no also do you want him do you want luca in uh abu dhabi like muscling up and trying to no. like body these dudes like what are what are you talking this is not the time to the Wolves can, have guarded like Luca very well. Like you remember yes. the game? It was the game before the seven-game win streak. Uh, they played the Wolves back to back, just like this. Luca got his ass thrown out of the game. It stopped yeah. that really long twenty-five point streak that he had had because he was pissed at how the um, how the, the the Wolves just bodied him. So and they did a good job again today. He had a couple of his normal like uh, baseline spin moves that were just flat out stopped. Um, yeah. it, it, I think so that, it's like yeah. I think in in a seven game series that it would not like obviously not look like this. And also in a seven game series, we would put so much emphasis on pace. And when we had pace this game, like true, genuine, like, you know, moving off of rebounds, Luca in transition looked fantastic. Everybody looked really good when out in the open and in a real actual basketball game. That's what it would. That's what that would look like. And we look pretty good. They pushed the ball a little more today at times. That was Mm -hmm. really nice, um, at least in the first part. So it's like you're really analyzing two different halves. The first half with the starters, the second half with some mixed bench units, end of bench guys. And so for the first half, do I wish the Mavericks would have would have played a little bit better? Yeah. But did they play better than the other day? Yes. Yeah. And so I kind of walk away from this game saying, what are the things that I'm interested in? I'm interested in and how many minutes Lively can get. Lively, um, he had – how many fouls did he end up with? He got four fouls in less than 12 minutes the other day. He ended up yeah. with four fouls. He had 12 fouls or three fouls in 23 minutes today. One of them was an offensive foul where he he set a screen and instead of rolling, uh, which is, you know, like you, you turn your shoulder and go back, he rolled his shoulder into someone basically like a block, like a yeah. chip block. It was, and it's like, okay, don't do that. But otherwise, I was really like, I find myself gleeful. And maybe it's like the soft bigotry of Mavs expectations, so to speak. Um, where it's like, oh, we've just had such poor center play for so long. Anybody that's able to do anything, I get excited about. Yes, he did get bullied by a couple of the big centers, but he had three blocks that were all good and a couple of unbelievable challenges where 
the very excited NBA TV guy, I don't know what his name was, was just like, what is that kind of play? And man, if you could just like, you, you get the rest of the defense into a more connective sort of place. I'm, I'm really excited about that. Yeah. He's like, he's like Dwight Powell without the like permanent look of confusion and some skills. Like it's like a nice real. And by the way, an extra like two inches and probably eventually another 30 pounds. He's a big guy. Like I, yeah. I know what you mean when you say he's skinny, but for a, for a young man, he's skinny he for a 19 year old, which is what yes. he is. So like, that's what it is. But he's, I, I, I just found like, I look, I feel like he, he looks like he belongs or will belong shortly. Is that an overreaction? No, that's, that's exactly right. Like we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did, were you the person who said that he has he weighs the same as Tyson Chandler weighs? Is that Josh? Yeah. 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 So like, that's that's where he is now. He's go, obviously going to fill into his body. Like you know, Dirk was I think roughly the same exact age as he is now. And you remember when he started the NBA, what mm-hmm. he looked like. And then you know he was a broad shoulder dude by the time he left. Can we really quickly? Uh, we should probably talk about the second half where they actually made this a game because yeah, please do. I was I, honestly I, writing I will, order I will say, in that part. I will say objectively, um, our fourth and fifth unit is better than the Timberwolves. Like it's really exciting, <laughs> really good news for us. But that is true, and I I do wonder who you think are going to end up with these two ways now because AJ Lawson has looked pretty pedestrian, and I'm not sure he gets re-upped. And I am just going to tell you my two. I think it should be Jelly Walker and uh, Dexter Dennis, who's come out of complete nowhere to me. Uh, he had some very athletic kind of beautiful plays today taking people off the dribble getting uh a very loud dunk uh getting a chase down block he looks like he can do some stuff so i i don't know where your thoughts are at on that um who's going to be our g league uh g league uh emissaries this year but it's do do you have any ideas so i think if you have three second two-way players which is what you're allowed now oh yeah you have three now that's right i forgot about that you it it Depending on where you are in your team building cycle, you owe it to yourself 
to cycle guys through there, like the back end of your fantasy football bench, where you're just sort of hoping somebody can come along. Um, I'm, I'm going to be curious to see who they, I I try not to ever get too attached to these guys. Cause like Lawson was so fun to summer, the summer league before last. And then the Mavericks didn't sign him. Then he ended up with the team. Um, I like Mike miles a lot. He's currently on a two way, but I mean, they can wave guys and sign them out. So it's like, I, Dexter Dennis, there's not much more. I can be, I can say other than the fact that I love how hard he plays and the, the, there's just an athletic element involved where a lot of the Mavericks that we've ever watched ever, this is why Lively is also so fun. We, we've, we've never had that uh, that super athletic guy. Like Gerald Green for like a season under Carlisle was the closest thing we had to like that, oh my God, athlete. And I'm not saying Dexter's that guy, but that dunk, those the, the missed dunk and then the dunk that he had were like, oh shit. Yep. And so... And is he 6'5"? He's 210. Like that, that's kind of archetypal, you know, scoring guard size. Like, why would you why would you not want to see if there's some there there, right? Yeah, that's exactly what I feel. Um, yeah, Justin Anderson was the thing that was going going through my head the whole time. Hmm. Um but yeah, and, yeah, yes. uh, yeah, definitely. I mean just, the Justin Anderson Anderson point guard experience. Kirk, we've been oh, through God. so much. Um <laughs> Um, but also, uh, I, I really like Jelly Walker. I think he's he's probably five eight, but like he has this like JJ Barea like. Let's see what we can get moving energy. He gets into the paint, causes a lot of chaos. Mm-hmm. He doesn't look that out of place, despite no, being that. He looks small. strong. There was a guy yeah. over the summer who would hop into these comments here. I don't I don't see him today. Maybe he does. Um, who was just like Jelly Walker is going to be on the team. Trust me, Jelly Walker is going to be on the team. You're being an idiot, Kirk, for not paying attention to this. I didn't ignore him, but like, I don't know enough about Jelly Walker to comment. Not going to comment. If he makes the team, really cool. I, I, yeah. I'm I'm happy for whoever makes this team, and if they decide that person is worth the spot. Because the way I feel about these G League players is they get experience. They get the minutes. You're not doing the sitting on the end of the bench waving towel shit as nobody practices. So it's like, right. why not? You know, that's, that's fine for me. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And by the way, can we talk about two other things I wanted to bring up? That's yes, like that's why I'm biting the fourth quarter. I, no idea. I yeah. had no idea what to say. So, oh great, I'm glad you came on here. <laughs> I really, I, I want to see some exam minutes with at least the second unit. Like, okay, I, he's been playing third unit stuff, and he looks good. He looks like you know, he looks like an, he definitely looks like an NBA player to me, right? He looks like an NBA wing, which is important to know because I feel like everywhere he went in the NBA previously, they were trying to melt him into a point guard. And he's just not a point guard. He's like, you know, he's like a small wing or like a big combo guard. Sure. And he looks pretty good, but I don't actually know if he's good because he's been playing against like Luca Garza instead of, you know, Nazarene or mm-hmm. even a cat type. Right. Or like, you know, I, I would guess he would be defending an Anthony Edwards if he was somehow starting on this team. And I don't, I don't know what he looks like in that regard. He looks, his body's better. His decision making is pretty good, although he looks a little nervous sometimes. But I, I, I would just like to see it before the preseason ends because I don't know where he fits currently. I would guess that he is probably like our eleventh man right now. That's what it okay. sounds like. Yeah, which I would have put him higher initially, and I think maybe through regular season play when they're running real sets, I think that that might there's a chance for that to bump up and down. But I think this sort of speaks to why before the Mavericks got their butt kicked in two preseason games everybody's sort of feeling slightly bullish. You you don't want to call it like depth in the sense of, oh, the Mavericks have enough depth to get to the NBA finals. No, but they do have enough depth to get through the NBA season. 
And yeah. like that was clearly not the case last year, where by mid-February, particularly after we traded for Kyrie Irving, it was Kyrie, Luca, and 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 you know, guys that were trying not to die. And that's yeah. not to be disrespectful, but everybody was playing two and three positions up or relative to where they should have been in the hierarchy. Yeah, I, I there's a difference between depth and options, right? Where like you can come off the bench and be like, what do we need? Do we need energy today? Do we need some shooting? Like, you know, mm-hmm. who, like wh- with our bench, it's going to be what's broken right now. If sure. we need energy, we'll put in Josh Green. If we need That's to right. shoot in Seth, right? Exum, right. I'm, trying to figure out, I'm just trying to figure out what he is in that, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. He's neither energy nor shooting, but he could be a reliable uh, ball handler and defensive player. Yeah, and that would be fine with me because yeah, me it's, it's you know, Josh sort of compared it to the Frank Nilakina thing. Where yeah. it's, you know, Frank couldn't do much of anything, but when he did do something, it really worked and it really gave the team a boost. And I think you get more from Exum in that position because I think Exum's better. And that's nice. Yeah, that's I think that's ex- exactly what his comp is for this year. It's like a slightly better, uh, in a slightly more off the dribble focused mm-hmm. uh, Frank Nelkina. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing I wanted to bring up, I just, you know, I don't know where to stand right now on two guys. And mm-hmm. they are, they both have Max in their name. It's Omax and Maxi. So I Omax is easy to, to start with. I just I think he's gonna be good. I just think he he has lots of he's the dodo starting kit and he's at the very beginning, right? Yeah, and that's okay. He airballed, he airballed a couple shots today. He looks hey man, you know, he get a, a cool turnaround in the middle of the key. Like he drove like his he dribble, he dribbles sort of like um I don't know. It's like, it feels like a draft running. Where it's like his arms, are, it's like real. But when he loses the ball, it's like, oh, stop. But then when it works, it's like, this is amazing. Yeah, and that's exactly. kind of going to be the experience with him. Right. I think that's that's it, is that he goes, when he gets downhill, I, I he, he has, I would rather be anyone than the guy covering him, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, that's the thing that you can't really, you know, that's not a statistical thing you can look at, at the end of the game. He had a couple of drives like that where I was yep. like, oh, shit, this guy is horrifying. But I, I, I'm not. I just not sure he is ready yet. I'm not sure. He's not. He's not. Yet. But not like it, the question is how do you how do you get him positive minutes in the way they got Hardy minutes last year? They need to move right. that faster than they did Hardy. But I think you can figure some things out for him. Um, he's just so big. I don't know how you can avoid playing him. Like he's yeah, like because yeah. he was guarding Cat kind of. Uh, no, they had Grant Williams guarding Cat to start the game. Um, and I, I would have liked to have seen Grant and. and because it's like what they do when they're treat, and this is my opinion, but I think they treat Green like he's a small forward. I think Green's a shooting guard. I just it, Green is not big enough for me. Um, and I think if you play him with Omax a little more, and with Grant, you haven't. Because like, I, I like Green's ball handling and Luca. I don't know. There's a lot of uh, where we're getting into now. Really weed stuff, and and I know you got to go soon. It's just there's yeah. a lot of op- like the Mavs have a lot of optionality. And the fact is they're going to have to sort of play test this in the regular season in real situations to get it, to see if it works or not. Yeah. Um, and I just want to say, so I think the last point I'll bring up is about optionality. Cause I think mm-hmm. optionality is, is the point of the season for us, right? Mm-hmm. Like this team will have a lot of different things. A lot of different people can do a lot of different stuff. There are not mm-hmm. a ton of Swiss army knives in this team offensively other than Luke and Kyrie, but there are people who can come in, just do some, do some stuff, I guess. Um, and then, but that's my other issue is like, is, is Maxi going to be in the NBA next year? <laughs> he looks, he looks washed, but I don't know what, like Maxi's looked, 
Maxie's got like big Undertaker getting buried in the '90s vibes and like yeah. popping up out of the thing, and that's <laughs> you know. <sighs> yeah, well, we'll that's a good point. Well, I guess we'll see in the regular season. Maybe he's just preserving himself a little bit here. And he's mm-hmm. it's every time somebody brings up Max Kleba, they think he's 28 and he's no 33 or something. 32. He's 30, 31. He's not okay, he's not right, old, but he's he's definitely got a lot of miles on him for the kind of player that he is. And I think yeah. that's. You ask a lot of them and you do more. And you know, there's a good comment down here in the chat said Matt's Matt's biggest problem is a lack of role definition and offensive scheme for the team yes. to be at its best. The players need to know their roles and the team needs to have a unified direction. And that's from NAV411. I, I I think that sort of encapsulates elements of what our concerns are. Now, here's the real problem. And my favorite, uh, there's a guy here earlier. I'm looking for his name, but he gave, I, I should have flagged the comics. It made me laugh out loud. David Sanchez in the chat said, I can't wait for Negative Kirk to arrive. Here's the real problem with, and, and let's just be honest, Negative Kirk is always here. Um, I can't realistically kick the shit out of the Mavs for anything until they get a decent sample under their belt. Things are going to piss me off. I'm going to fly off the handle because that's how I am. But I have a hard time getting too ginned up about things. The main element being because Kyrie's not here. You know? Yep. Yeah, I don't, I, we can't... If It, it would be... I was just going to say this and then go into my what I called my preseason overreaction rotation, but it would be stupid to overreact right now. This is like not... It's, sure. These are not real basketball games... These are, I think they're nice little indicators for what people have added to their game, like right. like Hardy adding that floater or what Lively is and what he kind of what he looks like against you know two bigs, which is like a really interesting test. And he held his own, so that's yeah. great. But this isn't basketball, so we, we we can't overreact yet. That's it. So can I really quickly bring you through what I believe is what what I think should be the rotation based on what I've seen so far? And again, I, this is probably stupid. But what you said about optionality, I think, is the big thing with this team. And I think the best way to do that, and it's going to sound nuts, is to start a three-guard lineup. So start Hardy, Kyrie, Luca, and then start Grant Williams at the four and Lively at the five. How, do you know how small a lineup is? Are you? That's insane? an incredibly small lineup. That said, Luca, you know, Lu- Luca guards wings. Luka like guards I Luka, whoever they don't want him to foul. Yeah, exactly. If you but want he, to do that, you need his big old butt to play some defense. <laughs> that's true. Um, but right, he he guards the guy in the corner. I don't know who that is, whatever. And then you have two small guards who can run around. There are going to be times where that doesn't really work. Okay. You know, with like, for example, like the Clippers or something where they have basically four giant guards mm. by the time they get James Harden. But there, I think this allows you to, first of all, do that Hardy thing that you're talking about. If he's going out there being a chucker and just, you know, taking threes that glance off the side of the rim then you can just take them out and it doesn't have to return really even. And what you can see is what you need with that optionality. So if you need energy, you bring in green. If you need some more shooting, you bring in Hardaway or Curry. Um, If you really need more size, you can just bone up, put Holmes in there. Or if you need, you know, more energy, it's Powell. You can go super duper small, take out Hardy for green and take out lively and have Grant Williams play some five. It just allows you this universe of options that is that allows you to settle into what game the game will become for you over the course of the time. And I think, look, I understand this is nuts, and it's like it reminds me of that lineup that we played out of uh, pure desperation against the San Antonio Spurs in 2003 with Nick Van Exel and Steve Nash and Mike Finley and Walt Williams and Derek. Like that's that's what it reminds me of. 
um that that lineup was fun as hell and super cool and that's what it reminds me of but that also might be our best bet i think like this team will struggle to find offense if it's you know luca with Kyrie, and then it's grant williams and green and lively i just that's every shot is going to come from our backcourt this way it allows us to get like spam the pick and roll with lively get grant williams involved off you know off closeouts or open threes Everybody can shoot except for Lively. I just think it would be good. I understand, though, Kirk, it's super small. Anyways, I want to know what your overreaction starting lineup would be at this moment. I mean, I'm still a madman where I want to see jumbo ball. Like, don't go get big guys and not play big guys. Uh, I want to see Luca Kyrie, uh, Grant, Omax, Lively. That's what I want to see. Um, Lots of people have told me that Grant Williams can't actually handle and that he's a lot more like Dorian than I'm willing to understand. Okay. Okay. But with the offense, the Mavericks have chosen to run, which is a, my turn, your turn kind of heliocentric, like duliocentric. What the hell are we going to call this? Like two have like between two unbelievably talented basketball players who like to have the ball in their hands. The other three, I would love for them to be able to crash the boards, hit open shots, set screens, do whatever. I, I need lively to play as much as possible. That's where I am. Uh, but I, I am kind of curious uh, is to see if you can do kind of Grant at five, Omax at four, Green, Green at Hardy three. and Luca. Yeah, yeah. That, that'd see, be that, another one. That to me, if you're if you're not going to do my suggestion, I think that works really well too because it's five out, and you have you're you're basically it literally switch everything at that point. It like it doesn't really matter at that point. Just switch everything, go five out. Um, I think if if we are in the first round of the playoffs against um, a particularly um, shitty defensive team, I think that's where it's going to end up because you're going to get so many options. Sure. You're going to like, they, it would be really good, but that's also um, seven months from now. So sure. I think we can wait, <laughs> but no. yeah, anyways, I, I am both at the end of the day here uh, encouraged by what I've seen from the kids, um, you know, discouraged by the lack of organization as a basketball team. Sure. <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm not making huge determinations based on no, this, this, the first podcast we had, and then the live show that we had, like, there's a lot of like kid, the kid frustration and like the lack of the lack of feel like they, like they're ready for the game is starting to really chafe on fans. And yes. I wonder how long, like they, they need to come out with some sort of purpose when they play regular season basketball and they need to look like they've been fucking coached. That's this, that'll put a stop to a lot of this stuff, but it's like, you go out there and it's lax days go, oh, it's 82 games, it's a long season, you know, but quickly becomes you can't win with young guys, which quickly becomes, well, what did you expect? This is a step back before taking a step forward. The, the excuses are built into this team, which I understand. That's just narrative building at its finest. But I would just really like them to come out and notch some easy wins. Like I said, six and four in their first 10 is what I'm hoping for. And somebody got mad at me. And I'm like, if they won six, 60% of their games, that would be awesome. For the yeah. year like you're thrilled about that um so i don't know this is it's a great game to overreact to glad we watched some basketball in the middle of the day i have kept you well past when you said you you were you needed to go so we should we should let you go yeah thank you kirk it's really yeah. nice look this was super fun and i'll be you know i'll be around all season um watching this yeah, hope, hopefully you'll hop into some of the live shows sometimes because those we have we have a great time with that um all right uh before you know ben you can hop off if you need to and i will uh i will close out the show all, all right. right sounds good Okay, so um, basically, there was a question early in the thing. Are you going to have a uh, group therapy? 
And the answer to that question is today I cannot. Uh, youth, Saturday is uh, Saturday is for the boys, or in this instance, for the boy, my child. Uh, he has a baseball game, which starts in about 15 minutes, which I need to get to. So I'm going to head to that. And then basically, I don't know what we're going to do schedule-wise for the next two shows because we should we have a game on Tuesday. Mavericks have a game on Tuesday against Real Madrid, 145 local time. Uh, I think we'll get some more eyeballs on that one just because of the different kind of afternoon slot. I don't know about podcasts for both those. It just really depends on what sort of work schedule Josh and I have for the regular season. I didn't ask for everybody to like and subscribe because it's a little late for that now. But if you could consider it, I would appreciate it. Everybody, please be uh, please be good. Um, just remember, it is preseason. The the we have. I, I think everybody should should take a deep breath until about game ten. If things look horrendous in the first ten games, then we should panic. <laughs> All right, guys. Everybody, have a great Saturday. We will talk to you soon. And go Mavs.